0: You're listening to Bite-Sized Beauty, a podcast by Adore Beauty that breaks down the topics you want to hear more about into easy-to-listen-to bite-sized series. From sex to skin, we can guarantee there's something for everyone. So go on, sink your teeth into it. I don't know. I I mean, I've always wondered, I'd love to see a day in the life of Kate Morris. That's a bit cheesy, but... You know, I think it, with each turn of the hour, you're probably an email or a phone call or an Instagram comment or something. It's it's never a dull moment for you.
1: Well, I don't know.
0: I think like most things, things probably look more
1: exciting and glamorous from the outside than they really <laughs> <laughs> look on the
0: inside.
1: Yeah. Um, no, most of the time, often it's just like, particularly when you're in lockdown, it's, mm. you know, you just... Sitting there doing sort of Zoom call after Zoom call, and then yes. the kids need a snack, or you know yep.
0: the cat throws up or something yes. like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> anyone who is a parent or a pet owner, I, I just don't know how you do it. Well, welcome to this new season of Adore Beauty's Bite Size Beauty. This one is called Beauty Biz. My name is Danny, and I am Adore Beauty's senior category manager for skincare and wellness. Um, beauty Biz is a series of, of podcast episodes where we're going to focus on interviewing inspiring female beauty brand founders, as well as covering the Adore Beauty business story. So first cab off the rank, I have none other than our own delightful Kate. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Who needs no introduction, <laughs> but I'm going to ask for one anyway. So yeah, go you can- on. Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are. Yes, well, my name is
1: Kate Morris and I'm one of the co-founders of Adore Beauty, so it is, it was started in my garage about 21, 21 years ago when I was a 21-year-old uh, poor student with no business experience at all. And here we are getting to
0: talk about fabulous Women in business for the next few episodes. I'm so excited about this, Danny. Me too. I'm so excited. I think we get to, we get the pleasure of interviewing some really amazing women. Um, many of whom I've had the direct pleasure of working with uh, in my role here at Adore. Um, so I feel very fortunate. It's a great experience.
1: Oh, it's so exciting. It's, it, honestly, it is my favourite thing: getting to talk to other founders. And hear about all the hard bits of their journey because I think, you know, sometimes there's a there's a whole kind of um, bit of a glamour myth about yeah. <laughs> about being an entrepreneur and particularly in the beauty industry and uh, you know that everything is sort of shiny and and looks like it's going amazing on Instagram all of the time. But uh, I think the truth is that anyone who does this has to have a huge amount of. Grit and tenacity to be able to create something out of nothing. And so I am so excited to get to hear all the stories of these amazing women
0: over the next few episodes. Yeah, we have an amazing lineup of women. So, like you, I can't wait to get in. Um but before we do, I want to hear about you. So oh, I feel like I'm the most boring out of all of them, but, okay well, no, you're not. you're not. <laughs> i um I've taken upon myself. I really want to, ask some of the questions I've long wanted to know. So this is a cool. little bit of a um, a selfish thing on my part that, you know, we've, we've had the pleasure of working together for four years in my time at Adore and okay. uh, we get to work on some really cool things even now, um, yeah. which I am always so excited about. And, you know, I'm always, uh, I find any sort of session with you or um, conversation, be it pre-COVID, we're walking, you know, down the hallway, passing each other or making a cup of tea in the kitchen. Um, there's always that little light bulb moment or thought um, that you kind of naturally, I think, get out of a lot of people. I, I often walk away from our conversations and think, gosh, I didn't think of it like that. Why didn't I? That's an amazing thing. I'm going to go and <laughs> look into that one. Maybe my brain just works weird. That's possible. <laughs> I mean, it's not, if it's weird, it's an amazing way that your brain works. But um yeah, I, I want to kind of delve into a little bit of that with you today. Yeah, great. So you mentioned, um, you know, the story is 1999, you started out of a garage. I think there's also a few references to like me dinners and trying to uh, balance, yeah. mm. you know, uni in the beginning. The thing that I've always wanted to know is how did you, you talk about the fact that you borrowed money from your then partner's parents, which are yeah. your in-laws, but technically not your, like, married in-laws. How did yeah. you even broach that at, like, 21 years of age, kind of no business experience? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's – it probably
1: sounds – um. Worse, or 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 maybe more bolshy than it actually was, Uh, but no, it was it was this this sort of idea for uh, for an online beauty store had been kicking around for a while, and um, my partner James's dad, his name was Bob, and uh, he was kind of the only business person I knew, and he ran a motel out in Keylor, and and this is like from my family background. We didn't know anybody that had a had a small business or, or really was involved in business at all. My parents were both social workers and we we're all just supposed to, you know, kind of go to school and work hard and try and get a good job after uni. But uh, so so Bob was the only small business person I knew. And so I had been talking to him about this, this idea and um, for a little while, and then eventually he said, oh, look, if you want to put together a business plan, you know, I'll have a look at it. And so here's me going to the library and borrowing the, you know, writing business plans for dummies book to even work out how to write one, um, Ironically, I was studying business at uni, but of course, they don't actually really teach you <laughs> how to. Yes, <laughs> they teach you all the theories behind things, but not actually well, how to go and write a business plan.
0: I remember I had to write one, and all I could remember was the executive summary. But like that's sure. not going to translate to anything good that's in the just real a short world. Short bit at
1: the front, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I went and I went and did that and and put forward this i this idea and uh, had gone and kind of worked up a rough budget of of how much I thought I would need to be able to get it off the ground and it came out to about $12,000 and um, so sort of put forward this, this pitch to him and he said, look, I think this is going to be a really good experience for you. I think you're going to learn a whole lot. I'm happy to loan you the money. And, yeah, basically hand, handed over the cheque saying, you know, I think – I think you're going to learn a lot out of this, and I don't think you really ever expected to see the money again. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I paid him back inside of inside of two years, and
0: probably in retrospect, he should have gone for equity. But um, he should have. I mean, I was going to ask was there like a. An interest component tied to it, or a...
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was definitely like it was. You know, we drew we drew it up, and it, it, there was he was the repayment schedule and how much interest he was going to charge, and he um, mm. was always very, he was always very big on making sure that you documented everything properly in writing, even if it was family. Because good that, foundational skills for business, very good. Exactly, <laughs> like um, so, yep. it's you know, so it's a good thing to to understand, and um, yeah, but that was that was really the first person to
0: give me a shot do you I mean you spoke to this earlier about grit and tenacity there's also something in it that he and and James and I'm sure the rest of your family were there behind you backing you like did that account for you know this kind of belief in yourself that you're going to just try and give it a go something I've thought about a lot actually because it's people ask me a lot they're like where did this come
1: from like Mm. you know this this Willingness, or or you know, tenacity is a nice way to put it. Stubbornness mm. is another way. But you know, how did you, how did you decide to do something like that, and then also stick it out for all of the years where you know where it was small and a lot of rejection and that sort of thing? And um, yeah, I actually think it's it is such a privilege to have a family that that kind of their message to you is always you should do what you really believe in and whatever happens, we will support you. And so I kind of always knew that, okay, well, even if it even if it all didn't work out, mm. the worst case outcome was that I owed my boyfriend's dad $12,000 and I would have to like move back home to Tasmania and try and get a job and save up to pay it back. And I thought, can I deal with that as the worst case outcome? Sure, why not? And so yeah. I guess it, it kind of when you know... When you know that um, you know, it's not like your family is going to kind of you know reject you or mm. be upset with you or something if you fail. Uh, and so I guess that that was kind of always the the approach of our family was that well you know not everything's going to work out, but it doesn't mean it should never go. Uh, and I think that's that's actually when I look back on that, I think what a what a marvelous thing to grow up with. You know what a huge advantage.
0: Yeah, there's yeah. I mean and I, I'm sure there's a lot of gratitude from your perspective looking back and saying like. This isn't always afforded to everyone, but I'm the same. I, I think I've come from um, an entrepreneurial background too. My grandparents own businesses. My mum and dad own businesses, and that's that's always been there. But I think the at the core of it is what's helped gotten them through is this support network that family has offered and yeah. its ability to you know um, keep motivating when when the goings gets tough. Gets if tough, as it, as it must, yeah. as it inevitably it does. does. Yeah, yes, exactly. Which yeah. I'm sure there's been lots of those moments um, for you in you know yep. in many Adore's history. Many. <laughs> can you can you recall a few that I'm um, probably not very nice in trying to make you relive? But oh no, it's okay. It's.
1: <laughs> I think it's actually really important to remember those things because, um, particularly where when you know in in the mentoring work that I do with other founders uh, and they're going through these times and to be able to kind of you know have them kind of still sort of held in your heart and in your body so that you remember them and can really empathize with what they're going through and also just to kind of reassure them that it doesn't matter uh, how much success people have achieved there have always been times like this and you will survive so it's I think that's I think I find it a comfort to know that, okay, well, even if terrible things happen, you will get through it. Yes, um, But yeah, oh gosh, yes. I can remember, oh, it would have been, I don't know, maybe 2012. And it was, we were, we were trying to raise uh, some capital. So the business had started growing really quite quickly. Uh, just kind of, you know, all of a sudden, I think just a, a lot of, you know stars aligned and mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the growth really started to take off uh, in the business. And I guess the challenge that we have is we really didn't have quite enough capital on hand to be able to fund that growth. You know, we needed more stock than we could afford and uh, we needed more people than we could afford and, and uh, you know, all of these things. And so it was, it was quite difficult and uh, really having to just manage cash flow so carefully and trying to trying to raise capital at the same time. And I remember one day James coming to me and saying, you know, I need to see you in the car. Which was kind of code for you know we need to have a serious conversation because we were in this kind of open away plan from office, the team right? yeah away from the team and, we, and so we we actually couldn't have like you know serious oh, or gosh. scary
0: conversations in the yes. office
1: and so we so if any time we needed to do that we would go and sit in the car it was parked in the car park With your the road. special
0: code word <laughs> I know to prompt you so you're in the car we're ducking off to get a coffee <laughs> just going to get yes. a
1: coffee in the
0: car. <laughs> And
1: so we went and sat across in the car and uh, and he um, had sort of printouts of the, you know, the cash flow statements. And he's like, I think we're going to run out of money. Like, I actually think it's over. And, uh, you know, I just sat there and I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up. And we just kind of sat there in the car and cried yeah. a little bit and just went, okay, all right. What do we got? And we <laughs> we went went back to the office and said, right, everybody, you know, kind of team meeting, hustle up. You know, we've got to we've got to work out how we're gonna make I can't remember how much money it was, you know, we have to make it like an extra, I don't know, fifty thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars in sales in the next, you know, in the next fortnight. Yeah, how are we going to do it? And got everybody to you know did a huge brainstorm and hustled together a bunch of a bunch of things and um, and ended up skating through it. And then kind of finally managed to raise the capital. I don't know, maybe three months later. But yeah, there were there were multiple multiple times that that happened. So that was that was pretty scary.
0: I mean, that's tough when you've got the weight of not only this business but you know people whose livelihoods are, you know, That your was staff. the worst part.
1: Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That was just like, yeah. oh, goodness, you know, so you walk back into the office and then there's everybody's, you know, lovely faces sitting there typing yeah. away and, and, and you just
0: sort of look at them all and you think, oh, I can't let you down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's so interesting because do you balance that really fine line of, you know, I want to be protective, but I also want to be true and I want to be, and I mean, arguably I'd say talking to that experience, a lot of the, you know, some of the hustle, um, Culture that we have in our business through moments, I think, stems from that. It started from you've just got to get in there and get things done. And so, yeah. you know, how have you how have you navigated that that balance, or has it been purposeful? Have you kind of just gone, no, this is, you know, we've got to bring people on the journey; they're part of our family. Look, I think, um, I think to some extent, I think it's why the the journey of an entrepreneur
1: can be a little bit lonely at times because even if you are transparent, I think. The weight of, you know, the risk and the stress and things, um, you know, that is that is your job to bear as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. And it's actually not fair to put it on to everybody else. And um, I guess my my philosophy on that is kind of a little bit, it's, it's actually not dissimilar to parenting, is to just okay. go, okay, it's not that you don't want to be honest with everybody, but also... If there is, you know, if there is stress that you have and it is not something that everybody else can control and it is not their responsibility, then really actually you, ne- you need to carry that and you need to wear okay. it, which is why I think it is so important for, you know, for founders to have, you know, to have mentors and to have a community of other founders that they can sort of talk with and, and vent to because it's kind of like it's actually not fair to put it on on your mm. team all the time. Mm. Um, and so, so I think... Yes, to some extent there's, hey, yeah, you know, great, let's hustle. But also if there's really big and scary things, like maybe sometimes you don't need to (laughs) to stress everybody out. Yes, yeah. Because also too, like not everybody is built to be able Mm. to handle that amount of stress, which is is why I I kind of feel like in some ways entrepreneurs are sort of a slightly different breed. Like we all are like a little bit mad. Born of a
0: different ilk, right? (laughs) Well,
1: you know what it is? It is, it's like... The people that like extreme sports mm.
0: you know
1: jumping off of stuff and um, doing really crazy things that could get you really hurt that is the entrepreneur mindset it's just a tolerance for adrenaline you know <laughs> <laughs> that that is not necessary for for everybody to have yes. right um, and and that's why we do what we do you know, because we like it when things are, are a bit nuts.
0: Yeah, they, like there's there's lots of things that are really exciting about taking, you know, a bit of calculated risk. I, look, you know, sometimes
1: <laughs> I think it's a bit much. It's a bit much. <laughs> I've done it this time. I've actually yes. bitten off too
0: much, but um, it is certainly
1: a ride and you absolutely feel alive mm. all of the time.
0: Yeah. Um, Speaking to your, you know, your reference earlier about just honesty and, and knowing when to share some of the pressures and when not to, I mean, I would say that that's a lot of the hallmarks of leadership as well, which I think, do you think entrepreneurship and leadership kind of go in hand hand in hand? Do you think there's a little bit of, you know, those skills are learned as you go? Um,
1: I mean, absolutely. You have to learn those skills as you go. It's not like, you know, everyone's necessarily born with them. And I wouldn't for a minute sort of sit there and go I oh, know you have to be born an entrepreneur I think absolutely you can you can learn those skills if you want to and if that's something that you know that excites you but yes the the leadership aspect is a really important one and you know the bolder the vision and the bigger the team then the more you as a leader need to continually step up i think there are certainly examples of great entrepreneurs who are not great leaders in terms yes. of the the cultures they create or uh, the experience of their team, and I guess that's one way to one way to go about it. Uh, you know, they kind of had that sort of crash or crash through approach, and if you sort of burn up a bunch of people in the meantime, well, that's just that's just collateral damage. But that's kind of I don't know. For me, that would not feel like being successful, and actually actually in the end, all of it is, is just about the people that you go on the journey, on the journey with, right? Like, you know, what is any of it aside from the people that you get to know? And to me, that's one of the the biggest joys of, of having a business is the incredible people that you get to work with. Like, you know, how lucky Mm. am I? I, So many times people have sort of come into this business and gone, you know, everyone at the door is so nice. And it's like, well, yeah, why would we want to work with awful people?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, we, you know, we get to create that, right? That's yeah. Um, We're definitely you know. lucky. I mean, and you know, a, a little shout out to our amazing people and culture team too, because they oh, play a really big hand in that. Absolutely, you're right. I have all of those, lots of those moments all the time, where I'm sitting in a, you know, face to face pre-COVID or in a virtual room, and you just have these thoughts like, wow, I'm I'm amongst some really amazing smart talented people but they're just genuinely also very lovely and very human I think we're you know we we are really afforded that amazing culture at a door and and yeah something that I've noticed and not experienced in all the workplaces that I've been in so I feel very lucky to sure
1: yeah and and look certainly sometimes you know if you (laughs) dearly I I realize that I kind of take it for granted but um you know of course, not everybody gets gets the privilege of uh, sort of yes. choosing everyone that they that they get to work with. So I feel um, feel very lucky.
0: I have a, a few other questions around just balance of you know this really crazy entrepreneurial life and how you mm-hmm. get to balance that with your personal life. Yeah, sure. Do they intersect? <laughs> um, I have a bit of a theory um, and it
1: is that work-life balance is not a thing. I think that is some kind of, you know, I think it's a mythical concept just um, mm. kind of designed to make mostly women feel
0: bad about inadequate. themselves. For yes. Inadequate. like we for can't more, aspire to another thing, yes. Like,
1: oh, if you were doing this right, you know, <laughs> every aspect of your life would be under control. And it's like, well, that's just not how things work. So mm. my theory is uh, much more around work-life integration in that you know what it's all just a big old glorious mess and uh sometimes the key thing is kind of trying to make sure that um you're getting a little bit of everything and that things are sort of basically functioning in most in most areas and sometimes Uh, I do feel like sometimes I feel like I'm doing sort of a slightly half-assed job on on everything it's like oh god you know I'm a terrible parent today or um I'm a shocking friend because someone texted me three days ago and I still haven't replied yet or um, I, do, I I guess I try and manage expectations I have um, <laughs> I have this fabulous friend who remembers everybody's birthdays ever including everyone's kids and like makes personalized Christmas cards and things wow. every year and I've just like she's incredible and I've just had to say to her look I love you I'm not doing that you
0: know <laughs> you're, you're never gonna yeah I'm just managing your expectations right now oh look and it's great. I'm just like, is this, is this my particular skill set? No. Will I be there if you
1: need me? Absolutely. I'm there
0: with a bottle of wine or a, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I look, I, I, I like hearing that answer because I certainly feel the same. I'm, you know, constantly writing lists and trying. And I think that that concept of integration is so cool because we have technology and ways of working now that have afforded us to do walking meetings like you said so you get in your steps you conduct your meetings you get a bit of vitamin d albeit with you know making sure you're wearing sunscreen while you're out there as well but there's a there's a balance and you can kind of be optimizing certain aspects of your life. Um, but I know what you mean. For all intents and purposes, that friend of yours might have five piles of washing lined up. She might just be really good at Christmas cards. Sometimes I tell myself that when I'm talking to friends. I'm like, how are you amazing at this? You, there must be something else. You know, you probably. Oh, there's
1: always something. There's always something. There's always something.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, look,
1: that's this is a question I get a lot is, you know, Oh, you know, how how do you how do you do all of this? And it's like mm. there's a lot of things that I just do not do. Yes. You know, do yes. I do I do personalized Christmas cards? No. <laughs> do I make my kids' birthday cakes anymore? Also, no. no. Like I opted out of that a few years ago because yes. it was just it, you know, it used to take me all day. And I actually don't like I like baking, but I only like it when when I have the time to do it. I actually don't enjoy decorating well, like, cakes and things yes. like that. And to also, me is not the
0: fun part. It's the it's the taste good element of baking, right? So like coloured icing isn't really gonna change no. the the taste profile. And I you know I said to my
1: kids, I said, Oh honey, you know, do you mind that, you know, that I didn't make it? And they just looked at me and just went, nah. <laughs> I went, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm clearly just, you know, building up this expectation for myself. It's actually nothing to do with them. So I just, I think I'll
0: let it go. That's a great thing too, right? <laughs> Often we, we, there's that projection onto ourselves. We're our toughest critics most of the time. Yeah.
1: Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. It's like, well, what is the, what is the story that you're telling yourself here? Is it a useful story? Yes. Maybe we can let it go.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> with Adore, when you look back, you, you were talking about growth earlier. And you had some mm. some key milestones. So 2012, um, you know, I came into the business in 2017. Yeah. Are there these key moments that really stood out to you and what, what were they about that really heralded a turning point for the business in terms of growth? Oh, gosh. Um,
1: look, when we actually did get capital into the business, which was uh, early 2015, that really just enabled us to kind of do a bit of a step change. Uh, so, to be able to finally bring forward some of the hires that we really needed, uh, to be able to even just to buy enough stock, uh, you know, upgrade the website, just to actually be able to afford to fix all the things that were holding us back. And so, I think after we did that, we tripled the size of the business in the next two years. So, that was that was quite a big step change. I think a lot of the step changes have been around the people that we've brought into the business um, and the capability that that's given us because uh, I think when you're small, often that's that's kind of the thing that's really stretched and uh, and you just kind of don't have enough time to do everything. You have plenty of opportunities but not enough time or not the right talent. And so so those times when we've been able to, you know, level up the talent by bringing people like you into the business has been okay right you know we can really we can really um like if I think about the times that I remember thinking to myself whoa um it was actually did you start in in Beavers Road. Yes, were, I did. Were you like, there? Yeah.
0: Okay. Four months before we moved warehouses into okay. our new CFC. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: Yes. 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 Um, so I remember it was there, and and uh, all of a sudden one day someone came through like honking an air horn and with a fire wow. marshal hat on their head, and they're like, "Right, it's a fire drill. Everybody needs to move out and you know collect on the on the sort of grassed area across the road." and we, then we're going to do a head count. And I looked around and thought, I did not know that this was happening. And it's like, wow, okay, we're we're really a proper business now. We have like yeah. fire drills and, and fire marshals and things. And all, all these processes. So, yeah. That's right. All these processes. And also like that to me is the cool stuff, is when you see amazing things start happening in the business that you yourself as an entrepreneur did not have to go and direct someone to do mm-hmm. they are doing it because it's their job and they're responsible
0: for you know for that whole thing like to me that
1: that's the coolest that's that's really
0: exciting yeah like kind of being involved in all of that and to say wow it's you know the people around me are really picking this up and running with the growth of this business picking it mm. up and
1: and taking it further than i ever could uh, mm. that's that's really the key thing i often get asked oh you know is it is it difficult to to give things up or to delegate I don't find it difficult at all I find it really actually really joyful to bring in people into the business who know how to do that thing better than I ever could and can just take it and run with it and come up with amazing new ideas and execute on them without me really (laughs) having to, to do anything apart from sort of you know point them in the right direction and say this is where we're going and and uh yeah that's that's really cool.
0: It makes me think of that time where it was April Fool's. You'll know where I'm going with this story. I do know where you're going with this story. (laughs) And it was the um organic Australian grown sultanas. That's right. That was going to be gifted out in every Adore Beauty order instead of a Tim Tam. That's right. Do you remember that story? And I had no idea about it. I do remember it because I, I remember it like, you know, woke up in the in
1: the morning and was sitting there eating my breakfast and, you know, mindlessly scrolling as you do and saw the post saying that we were replacing Tim Tams with Sultanas. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, guys, I don't know if that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I looked at the date and went, how? Ah, <laughs> yeah, okay, right. But that was hilarious, and I love it when things like that happen. Like when I actually just come, you know, encounter our business in the way yes. that a customer would, and think, "You hey guys, you're so funny. I love it." Yeah,
0: I I love that it was like, you know, done with the printer in the office, color color yeah. copy, like scissors, glue. Let's like sticky glue this. and sticky tape, my <laughs> <Yeah. no? laughs> Let's put that in the studio. Put some really nice lighting against it. On top of oh, an order, it looks so legit. Oh, yeah, I love that. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But, but when when you see things like
1: that, just kind of sprout. It's like you know, you walk into your garden and suddenly there's
0: like an apple tree has just sprouted mm-hmm. in the middle of it, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> so you had a lot of well, you you have you know built up a really long standing relationship with many of our well loved brands, um, yep. and back in the day. You know, were there any sort of brand initiatives which had you had your time again, you'd go back and do differently or you really learnt from that were pivotal moments in Theodore's story? I think of the time where you reached out to me and it was like 28th of December and you were like, this looks cool and it was ultraviolet. Yes, in a Mamma Mia article. That's right. You know, and I think, yeah, often in those moments, maybe even now, do you think, gosh, I just want to reach out. I'm, gonna, I'm seeing something cool here, like. I would ordinarily pass this on to the brands team, but I'm just going to reach out on LinkedIn or on Instagram and say, like, I really love what you're doing. I love your packaging. I love your aesthetic. Like, have you ever done anything like that or thought that you would want to do anything like that and then gone, oh, look, I've really got a team for that now. I should let them do it. Look, I do mostly try. I think that's one of
1: the things that's very tempting as an entrepreneur because, you know, like particularly with my profile where it is now, like I know there's often cut through in, in doing that, but then also too, I step on everybody's toes that I've yeah. <laughs> delegated responsibility to, and you kind of—it's kind of a key thing that you actually need to let people do the jobs that you've hired them for. So usually, I would pass things. Usually, I would pass things on to you, Danny, because sometimes <laughs> you might go, "Yeah, I don't know about that one, Kate." And I go, <laughs> "You know what?
0: that's cool. This is your category." Um, but how lucky? How lucky are we that we get to do that, and I get to say, "Actually, this this looks." good, but maybe yeah. there's a better option or we can go and find, you know, some someone that ticks all the boxes, that sort of thing.
1: That's right. That's yeah. exactly it. And and look, that's something that I kind of, whenever there's a new hire coming into the business, I always make sure, like the first thing, you know, sometimes I'll flip people at, you know, an article or a suggestion or an idea or, a, you know, Instagram account or something that I come across and and I'll flip it to them. But always, like, if they've just started, like with the caveat, if I send you stuff, it doesn't mean you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Because I think that's that sometimes, FYI, I'm, I don't manage that way. Uh, so I'm just going to send you things and they're just ideas and you can, you know, do whatever you want. I'm just
0: going to flip it over and use it if it's useful and bin it if it isn't. So that's fine. I love it though. I mean, I think not even just from you, but from anybody, because while I am in, you know, myself and our team in the brands team are in the the business and, and the career of looking out for the best brands and anything that's on trend and things that we know that our customers will love you know we're only one person we only have so many touch points so I think the far further reaching we can all be um, the better we can be so oh look you know two heads are better than one and exactly you know, 80 heads are definitely better <laughs> than one <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of a turn and talk about your experience with beauty. Yeah. So, I want to know what mishaps have you had in your long-standing career in beauty? Oh, boy. I was going to say minor overplucked eyebrows, which have never grown mm. back. I so. never really had a lot of eyebrow to begin with, so
1: I guess I never really <laughs> did much about that. I think my my biggest beauty mishap was actually like not doing anything with my eyebrows for years and years and years and then finally someone, you know, sort of like you know shaped and tinted them for me I'm like whoa I am a whole new person and now I realize it really elevates your face right it really makes so much of a difference and so yeah I'm I'm a big I'm a big brow person now like to me that's kind of like a minimum in the morning like mm-hmm. even if all you're going to do is you know whack on some sunscreen I would still like put a bit of brow gel through my brows just because you know otherwise you just don't feel quite together done you know? yes uh Gosh, I mean, oh, look, I've fried my skin barrier that many times through trying too many active. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that. I think yes. everybody at Adore has done that and probably <laughs> yeah. will continue to do it. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to get better at it and trying to just go, okay, you think you can use retinol? Every night, but you can't. Like on my
0: skin, it just doesn't work. I just see that as part of the journey. Like everybody's <laughs> going to embrace that. There's a point in your skincare journey where that happens to you and then you learn right. about, you know, barrier repair and, and recovery. And I think I know um, Yads and James talked about this in the previous podcast, but it's super important. Yeah. Um. If you were to be stranded on a desert mm-hmm. island with food and water, mm-hmm. what beauty products would you want to have with you I, I'd say give me two only two okay these questions make me hyperventilate. A little <laughs> <bit more>
1: like, <gasps> <laughs> um, look I mean you know I mean it's obviously sunscreen right so mm. just really like you rule that one out mm. what else I don't know Probably it'd have to be skincare, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, I'd, I kind of, I feel like I like mascara or brow gel or something at a minimum, but probably if you're stranded on a desert island, you can live without that, right? So I just, you know, maybe some moisturiser or a cleanser or something.
0: Yeah, you could always have more moisturiser, more moisture. More moisture. I mean, you know, you it's a desert island.
1: It's probably very... Drying, unless it's humid, in which case it isn't. In which case, I'll have a cleanser. (laughs) I I feel like I'm hedging my bets, like really seriously here. I'm not a low maintenance person, Danny. Neither am I.
0: (laughs) Honestly, you see all these. Instagram tutorial videos or you know of these low-key makeup looks and it's just mm. like a little bit of a three-in-one pot on your eyelids and your cheeks and your lips and I'm not Mm-mm. that person no like brushes different sticks like I've That's got right yeah you need it all the full gamut even my no makeup makeup is like at least eight products yes. so yes. <laughs> yeah no I'm definitely yeah. like that too I like I, I want to hope that I am the one pot gal but I'm not so I just have to embrace it now you know and I'm pretty lucky I work for a beauty company so I'm allowed well
1: this is what I figure it's like it's an occupational hazard really and it's not my fault (laughs)
0: that's true I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back to the business side of things and ask you if you had $50,000 right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you wanted to start something where would you start
1: I think always the best place to start is think about what are the problems in your life that you have observed or people that you know well in in your life what is an unsolved problem what is something that you come across and you're like oh if only someone could do this for me with me it's always um, school lunches Like, you know, well, it's not at the moment because we're at home all the time, but um, having to pack school lunches, like I hate it. And I think, oh, Mm. if someone could solve this for me, (laughs) that would really make me happy. I'm sure somebody has. Um, But yeah, I I always think the very best businesses are the ones that are really solving a customer need. Um, So that's where I would always go. First is to really become aware and observe what are the problems in your life or your mum's life or, um, or your kids' lives that you think, yeah, someone needs to fix that. My approach is always like, okay, well, let's just break the problem down and start from the start and work through it and and that's really all it is. It's there's not any magic to any of it. It's just one foot in front of the other until you kind of
0: until you kind of get to whatever the next problem is that you need to solve. That's all that it is. Yes. That's the tenacity and the resilience. That that motivation to just keep going and persisting and moving forward oh, in some way shape or form, right? Not giving that's up. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I, I was actually I was speaking to um one of my mentees
1: this morning and was talking to her about the fact that so much of a part of the entrepreneurial journey is actually just endurance. so it's yes. not you know, uh, I don't know, people think there's some kind of sort of wizardry to it or, you know, you had the best ideas or you're some kind of genius and I actually don't think it is that. I think it's just you focus on a problem that you want to solve and you keep going Mm. past where everybody else would have given up. You keep going until you solve it. That's it. That's all it is. It's not some kind of, you know, magical gene that you have or don't have. It's just actually the willingness to persist
0: and I hope that you you have some downtime in and amongst all of that right that certainly helps yeah oh no look and you you actually have to you have to you have to manage
1: that energy because it is a marathon it's not a sprint um (laughs) you know everyone's like oh well you know overnight success 21 years in the making like it's a long time uh so if you you can't push yourself at 110% for that long. And it always takes longer than you think. I think the overnight success stories are extraordinarily few and far between. And for, for most people, it's going to take years. And so you have to be able to manage your energy through that. And that means that you need to make sure that you make the time, even though there's, I mean, there's always a million things that need to be done, right? There's always way too much to do than you ever would actually have time to do. So you have to prioritise ruthlessly and then make sure that one of the things that you prioritize is enough time for you to be able to recharge your energy to keep going again tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Like that's, it's really important. And so whatever that is, whether it's, you know, doing some exercise or getting out for a walk or spending some time cooking or playing with your kids or reading a book, like it doesn't matter. Whatever that thing is that replenishes your energy, you have to do that. You have to make time for it. Otherwise you
0: won't make it. Um, It's been lovely chatting. I've missed this, Kate.
1: Oh, I really have. Genuinely. Well, look, you know what? Let's go for a coffee walk
0: sometime. Oh, we're in the neighborhood. We could totally do that. We're totally in the, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll lock it in. Good. Um, but Bye. lovely to lovely to chat, and I look forward to next week. Yes. Uh, speaking of next week, we do have a really fabulous lineup. We talked about, um, and next week we have the amazing Ava Matthews from Ultraviolet joining us. I love the Ultraviolet girls. I had the pleasure of working with them from the very beginning um, of their life at Adore when we launched. I think back in April two thousand nineteen. Um, so I'm really excited to have Ava join us thanks for listening and um, we'll see you next week see ya